You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for David Shapiro. And this, of course, is Shapiro World. David Shapiro is from Sassin Securities in Johannesburg. And I have to tell you that I was talking to David Shapiro just offline, just before this uh, recording started. <laughs> and I must admit, there was a certain amount of negative energy and fruity language going on when it comes to certain stocks on the JSE. David, I understand how desperately, desperately frustrated you are about things because this morning I saw Discovery at 110, 111. I was talking to Greg, Greg Davies, our associate in crime, and he said, no, it's, it's rallied very nicely, but it's apparently not the case and not the case with Aspen and not the case with Blue Label Telecoms. What's happening? Look, Discovery now trading down almost 7.5% back to the almost the kind of lows that we saw last week. And what concerns me is that uh, the fact that these, this pressure on the share price really points to wider issues. I know that uh, there are a few tweets that I put out and there was analyst reports and so on. Yeah. But um, I think there's something deeper than that that is concerning the market that uh, we can't quite put our finger on. And this probably relates maybe to the excessive cost of the bank or alternatively to the results which might not live up to standards. You know, this is the, we're waiting for their final numbers, and uh, we weren't good at the half year, uh, largely because of an unusual amount of claims on their life book, uh, which upset their numbers, so, and so on. So I'm saying what, what worries me is that we're starting to see, and I'm going to generalize, a number of South African businesses that had very ambitious uh, ex- you know, expansion plans are now coming up stuck. I think to a large extent, the global economy or the South African economy has had uh, an impact on their numbers. But also, I don't know whether they've got the deep pockets to carry this. You know, and there's been quite a bit of debt behind uh, the plans um, you know, that they've carried out. So I, I look here, and the reason I get angry is I'm, not, I, I'm angry because South Africa, we haven't got that many companies to go into. And a lot of these darlings, these businesses which were at the forefront of our investment strategy are just falling apart. Well, this is the whole so, point. This is one of the things I say. The asset management industry, I think, is generally, ever since I've been in South Africa or was in South Africa, I thought was populated by some very, very intelligent people and people mm. that were not world beaters, but certainly right up there. But then as the JSE universe shrank, they had very little opportunity to sort of flex their yeah. muscles if you if you know what i yeah. mean they had to they had to be in mm. discovery they had to be in aspen they had to be in Shoprite. they had to be in Brait because there was very little else whereas if you're in the united states and you're a fund manager you've got thousands of companies that's right and that's that's something to do with it don't you think well that's exactly why why we're frustrated is that we chose these businesses uh the media celebrated the uh you know, the, the abilities of these managers and, uh, you know, constantly uh, giving them this, give, giving them the benefit of the doubt. And they were going global beyond our borders and so on. And, and yet, uh, as the economy shrunk, so, so we've started, or well, the global economy has come under a bit of pressure. So we're feeling, uh, the effects of these strategies, you know, and, and Sassel came out. I know Sassel's recovering a little bit. Sassel came out on Friday delaying their numbers hmm. you know that's always a very serious issue when it's you delay flag, your David. numbers it's, mean it's a huge red flag. Big red flag dead hmm. right meaning hold on a sec we can't even get to the bottom of what's gone wrong there are a lot of 
there are a lot of problems. This is a, you know, in Sassel's case, it's a long-standing, uh, sorry, it's a long-standing project, but it's just been having problems all along. So we don't know the effect. You know, we've already taken punishment. The share price is virtually halved in the last year. Um, a little bit of a bounce today, I think, as uh, some very brave people come in and buy it. But um, besides that, uh, Lindsay, a lot of other, you know, a lot of issues. We and these are big companies. The ones that we're talking about are not the small. Uh, it's not small companies today. Why? 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 My anger is there. Is that okay? Discovery's down. Aspen's down. But at about, uh, what was this, almost 2 o'clock, Blue Label comes out and says, we're also going to delay our accounts. Uh, we're a May company. We're going to come out with our results on the 26th of September. That's four months after uh, year end. The, the, the customer's three months, and I think you might even have to apply uh, to the stock exchange to get an extension, saying, oh, you know, we have this big stake in, in Cell C. Uh, we know we're in, you know, we know we're under pressure there. We're doing a restructuring deal. Therefore, we're waiting to do this restructure deal so that we can uh, give you a better account of the carrying value of Celsius. Basically saying, hold on a sec. If we publish the accounts that we had today, we'd be in trouble. That's, that's how I interpret it. Do you think the South African boardroom, in, in many cases, is populated by egos, or, is it, or are these egos driven by necessity? In other words, you've got to do a deal. Uh, I think a a bit of a bit of both. I think egos is a is a big factor uh, in um, you know in in this. And also, Lindsay, the other thing is that I think many of the deals we're not doing the necessary due diligence anymore. Uh, we take for granted. You know, I always say we believe our own publicity. In other words, they believe the headlines um, that are that are that are told about them and uh, and so on. So if you have some magazine which calls them a guru or votes them as businessmen of the year and so on, they actually believe that and believe that they can go on, uh, um, you know, with, without doing the kind of legwork that they have to do on many of these deals. And I, and I say it extensively. This goes from Woolworths to – you saw Trueworths numbers on Friday. I mean, they bought offices. It turned out to be a disaster. And yes, I, I spoke to Michael Mark, Mark and, I, and I must he's say that good man. He's, he's good. He's a very good record. CEO, and he's got a, he's a great communicator. Yeah. I, I just felt he was a little bit affronted by the not by the questions I was asking him, but yeah. unfortunately, they have to be. They have to be because well, that's, it's, that's a problem. They've, no. they've they've messed up. Well, that, that's a problem. They feel it's an affront if you challenge them. You say, "Hold on a sec. You know, I put I put a number of clients into these businesses. You've let me down." Yeah. You know, you've really let me down. Um, I don't want to say misleading me, but maybe not going, not uh, going into the the background of the deal in great, you know, in, in in greater detail. You know, from my point of view, and perhaps I, I've been very negative on the South African economy for a number of years, and I've seen signs there that have concerned me. And it was hardly the kind of background in which you can actually embark on very very strong. Uh, ag you know, aggressive um, strategies or expansion strategies simply is that if the local home, if the source of the funds that you need are not going to be keep, you know, not going to be produced, you're going to get into trouble, and that's that's the problem. Mm. Blue Label, I think, anyway. comes out with its numbers later this week, but the Celsius story is, no, is, no, no. is, is an extraordinary it. one. It, it really no. is. That was a, a massive ego-driven uh, acquisition. Blue Label of it's almost like Trump. Blue it's almost like Trumpian, Trump-like 
in its nature. I need to be I need to be the smaller company that built the big wall or bought Greenland in this case bought Celsius. <laughs> it's very very strange. I don't understand it. But there are but some see, good blue label. Just they yes. they came out with a trading update. But here, reading from the announcement, it says. Um, accordingly, the board of directors wish to advise shareholders that its financial results for the year ended 31st of May will be released on SENS on 26th September. That's the oh. ultimate time. Yeah, 26th of September. That's a month. No, that's a month away. They should have come out. They should have come out this week, but they're now delaying their results by another month. Yes, it says actually and, and, on, on ShareNet that they're going to be out on the 23rd of the month, but no, that's, yeah. that's a disgrace. This could be well, – this company no, could go no, – I'm not, I'm not being nasty now, but this company could be suspended. Well, you see, what, what I'm pointing at, and I don't want to have a personal go at the directors or people. I know them very well, but this is another delay. When you have a delay like that that says, you know, what we were going to publish – wouldn't have been palatable. We need to do this deal. We're desperate to do this deal. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, who knows where we could be. So, um, and, and, you know, they counted in words that are, are, are comforting to shareholders. But I get concerned when we start to see the, this kind of stuff. You know, so I, anyway, I don't own the shares. But, but what I do do, you know, what, what does worry me is that it just, it, it's, uh, you know, corporate South Africa as well um, haven't exactly covered themselves in glory at a time where we're, we're constantly criticizing government for the way that they, um, you know, they, the way that they carry on. Have you ever had a more distressing outlook for South Africa than you have now, David? You've been through a few no. things because you no. have been in the market for decades, but it's, it's public and private malfeasance yep. i think yep. private and public mm. malfeasance mm. at the moment don't you think mm. no i think so and that my problem is that that uh, uh there's daily i see people who are th who no, not everybody took their money offshore a lot of people have left it here a lot of people have been forced to leave it here and a lot of people have had confidence in in the economy and you know we still manage quite a bit and quite a bit of local stuff and a lot of a lot of uh, uh people who retired uh, a few years ago, hoping that the, the the stock market would give them some basis or some foundation to protect their income or to protect the purchasing power of their of their capital, and it hasn't done that. You know, it 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 hasn't done that. If you didn't take your money offshore, uh, you're certainly a lot poorer than you are uh, a few years ago. And and to say, I mean, if you think back on it, Lindsay, that the best place that you could have been over the last few years has been in cash says a lot. In other words, no one has kept up with, um, you know, there's, there's not one company here that has, um, that, that has allowed you to actually protect your you know, capital and, and beat the cost of money, you know, beat the returns on, on cash. So I, if, I, if I showed you a list in front of me here, I mean, of the huge percentage that we've written off in businesses here, it's 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 quite staggering. I've never seen it in 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 my time on the stock exchange, um, and it's been masked. You know, it's masked even today by a rand that is that is fifteen forty uh, on some of the global companies that are improving. We had a big run in Naspers today, and you know a number of other offshore businesses, largely because of the rand, and also because of improving. You know the improvement in sentiment in global markets coming from Trump and Germany and so on. So take that away. I mean, um, if you look at just SA Inc., it's still under severe pressure. 
then we've got the other issue. If it's not the NHI, now it's this uh, debt relief program, you know, which, which is also crazy. Anyway. I don't understand that. Yeah, I mean, it's been mooted for a while, but now it's been written into law. What is it? <laughs> well, if you owe money, you can get relief. You know, if you if you if you own fifty thousand rand uh, to to various institutions, and you're only earning seven and a half, basically the banks must write it off. <laughs> Simple. So if you true with and if you have extended fifteen or twenty thousand. To some customer who only uses, who loses, uh, sorry, earns seven and a half, they can write it off and you've got no recourse against it. But what does that, what message does that send out? I mean, let's say you are only earning that amount of money and you read this and you understand it and you say to yourself, well, I can go out there and go mad and uh, I I won't have to pay back. Or is this retrospective? Well, I think so. I think, well, what what it does mean, okay, what it does mean is you're not going to extend credit anymore. <laughs> so ah. If that's the law, you'd say thank you very much. No more credit. Without credit, there's no expansion. So, which are the credit retailers that might be impacted by this? I mean, well, I, I suppose those with the big books, you know, those with uh, big credit books, and also the banks as well. Uh, but it's 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 mainly, I think, uh, places like Truist. I, th- I don't think Mr. Price has got a big book, but uh, I would imagine that a lot of Fashinis and. Other places like Pepcor and that, you know, would have some kind of book hmm. uh, against that. The banks have held up. You know, they're not, they're not too damaged at the moment. And maybe they don't take it that seriously. And I suppose some of the big, bigger banks are not exposed to it. But I would, uh, I would imagine that, um, you know, that there will be consequences of this. Um, yeah. It's, it's 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 a lot of these things, a lot of issues like that that are weighing on the market. They really are, and mm-hmm. luckily we've got the S and P and the Dow Jones looking to mm-hmm. start the week on a positive footing after a one and a half percent fall on the S and P last week. But can you imagine if we go into this recessionary tailspin, which many people are calling because of the inverted yield curve, even though the White House refutes this whole yield curve <laughs> argument? But imagine if we get a, a global turndown combined yeah. with our domestic woes. Then we're in serious no. serious trouble, David. Never mind no, what we're talking about now. Yeah. In a year's there's time, no you're going to say, Lindsay, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm too depressed. Yeah. And now, I know, I'm close there now. Thank goodness for offshore. But, but, you know, Germany is now coming to the party, they realize. They've always had some very tough uh, budgetary constraints that came after 2009. In other words, they've kept their, ba- their budget balanced. And uh, they're large in exporting country. But they're starting to to falter now and I think the government there all have recognized that they might need to boost consumer spending. You know, they're an export country into an economy that's not growing. So but they only will do that if they go into what's called deep recession. Now I don't know what deep recession means. No. They didn't grow in the first quarter the second quarter now. So that that's given the market a bit of hope that finally Germany will come to the party and that you can't only rely on the EU, um on the sorry, the European Central Bank. And, and I think the same will happen in the, in, in the U.S. and other nations as well. It has to be a combination. But I think there is recognition that, that the world needs a little bit of love and tender care, mm-hmm. not only from central banks. And, and, and I think Mr. Trump is also realizing that he, Lindsay, uh, you know, I read a lot of editorials this weekend. Yeah. Uh, in fact, to be honest, on Saturday, I just, I didn't want to touch anything. I just want to lie down and get rid of all the stress of the past week. But yesterday I went into 
I went into the financial, and and I think the fact that Arsenal won on Saturday also gave me a little bit of Yeah, it was a very impressive uh, victory, 2-1 <laughs> against Burnley, well done. Uh, but um, came, came Sunday, you go into the FT, I go into the Economist, I start to read most of the European press or, or global press, and it's the same story, you know, the anxiety is really, the fear factor, the, you know, what, 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 what the fear factor is, is really uh, uncertainty, and uncertainty comes because no one can read Trump and his trade wars. And uh, I think he's realizing that he can send uh, the global economy into a tailspin. And like a pilot, you know, who's fooling around, goes into a dive, and then suddenly when he wants to pull up, can't do it, you know, the world economy can get into that kind of situation where you can't, you can't pull up the joystick and, and uh, you know, and, and, and stop the crash. So I think I think there is a realization that that could happen, and that's given the market a bit of a, you know, just just some kind of comfort. But it's not. Listen, we're far from. I mean, we're far from safe, eh? But you know, don't think this is. What do you, you mean, know, far from safe? A, well, this is not. You know, this is hope. But there's one doesn't know the effect of uh, the uncertainty that's gripping the market. Are people going to believe Trump? Are they going to believe uh, China? Is this going to be a proper deal? Because um, as we've seen now with uh, uh, Tim, Tim Cook met Trump on Friday night. He oh, had yeah. dinner with Trump at his golf club. And he said, listen, you know, uh, we, we import a lot of the stuff that we make is made in China. Um, if, we, if, you impose, if you impose tariffs, it's going to kill us. And on the other hand, Samsung, which produces in Vietnam and uh, Korea, is not going to be subject to the same kind of uh, at tariffs. Therefore, you're helping Samsung. You're not helping Apple. And, and he come back and he says, well, he's got a point. So those are the kind of arguments that we haven't quite sorted out that, that, that business people and people who run big businesses have to decide upon. You know, do we, do we believe Mr. Trump or do I now shift from China to somewhere else? You, do I now have to adjust my whole supply chain? And that's disruptive. David, I have to tell you something. <laughs> President Trump sitting next to Tim Cook is out of his league. He won't understand what Tim Cook is saying to him, just like he won't understand what the bankers that he met three or four days before. He doesn't understand because no. he doesn't have a high IQ. He doesn't have a great vocabulary. He doesn't under have an understanding of the world. And I'm not saying mm -hmm. that I do, but I, I promise you, I, I, would, I would have a little bit of empathy to, to what they're saying. Absolutely. But he doesn't. And it's, this no. is embellished. This whole point that I've just made, mm -hmm. and I don't mm -hmm. care if people say that I'm a Trump basher, I'm adulterized. Trump basher. I can't stand mm. him. He wants yeah. to buy Greenland. Yeah. He wants to buy Greenland. And <laughs> the Danish government just sort of laughs at him. Uh, it's actually, to be fair, it's not such a bad idea because in the 1800s, the United States of America wanted to buy Greenland because it's strategically, uh, geographically quite important. And it's also it has a lot of mineral resources and uh, natural resources below its ever shrinking ice cap. But yeah, and also 1946, I think it was Eisenhower wanted to buy it for 100 million US dollars. But he's coming out there, and you know what he said when he was interviewed about it? He said, it's a giant real estate deal. He thinks he's going to make it Trump land, not Greenland. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, I, 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 have to, I have to laugh because uh, I know I'm going slightly off the subject. But there right. was a wonderful, in the Lex column in the Financial Times of yesterday, there was a story on the number of people that are writing CFAs. And to a large extent, uh, a lot of them are Chinese, and everybody believes that this is the 
path to riches. But they they did made and when I thought of Greenland, I thought of polar bears. And when I when I when 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 I looked at their column, I mean when I looked at the comment, they said you know that there are eight times more CFAs than there are polar bears in the world. <laughs> I didn't I, I can't understand the I can't understand the comparison, but it gives you an idea of how many CFAs we've got there. I mean there are hundreds of thousands of them. And uh, maybe 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 we can send the CA, CFAs there just to to boost it up the polar bear population. <laughs> there's a there's, there's a great film called Other People's Money, which is starring Danny DeVito and uh, yeah. a beautiful I, woman called uh, Penelope Miller, I think her name was. But anyway, the joke was Danny DeVito was the lawyer, uh, the divorce lawyer, and he said, "What do you call a hundred lawyers at the bottom of the ocean?" And the answer was a good start. And it's the same. <laughs> I'm not saying that CFA should be at the bottom of the ocean, of course, but yeah, there needs to be a rebalancing, I think, worldwide when it comes to polar bears and CFAs. You're quite <laughs> yeah, right. Let's talk about football now. Arsenal won two one. You're top of the league, albeit by uh, slightly under the top of the league because of your goal difference, but you've won two games, and that's a very good start. Talking about yeah. good starts, that's a good start. <laughs> I don't think they've done that since 2009. I don't think they've done it in 10 years. Mm. But they do face Liverpool on Saturday. Liverpool look good. Uh, there's a good match tonight. I think it's important. Man United I, Wolves. I love Chelsea and Leicester yesterday. I thought it was a terrific game. game. Credit to Leicester. Credit to Leicester. They played incredible soccer. And, and it could have gone anyway. Um, really. And, and, and one can say that about the Man City Spurs game as well. Two well matched sides. No give, you know, no, uh, no clear victory there. And, and credit to, to Spurs also for coming back on an away ground. So, um, interesting results. Um, very, very interesting. And, and even Southampton. Don't, don't underestimate them in the first half against, um, Liverpool. Liverpool. They were great. They were great. You know, it was always the one thing about Liverpool. They can score that goal against a run of play. Um, but still credit to Southampton. I think they were wonderful. I think it's going to be a good season, more open than last mm. season. I don't think it's just going to be the top two. Even Arsenal may challenge. You know, you, you win 1-0 at Newcastle, you win 2-1 at home to Burnley, mm. but these are wins, and, you know, if you mm. start to get mm. some momentum, then maybe, maybe you'll be challenging for the you top four, think? the top two even. It's like, you know what, I, I don't mind where they finish. All you want to know is that every time they play a decent team that there's going to be a game, you know, that it's not wipeout. Uh, that's really what you want to see. You just want to see a fight, yeah. you know, whichever team's playing. That, that, that makes it, uh, that makes it entertaining. You know, you don't want to go see 5-1 victories or 6-1 where there's just no entertainment in it or there's no chance of a, you know, of a win. And I think hopefully some of these sides can actually maintain it, uh, in a, certainly in the first half or, well, let's see where it goes. Ipswich drew with Peterborough. <laughs> Ipswich drew oh, no, a, a two-all no, away to no, no. Peterborough on Saturday, which is a tremendous result. Uh, they've now gone three games unbeaten in the third division, and they equalised in the 94th minute. Uh, David Shapiro is the, <laughs> from Sessman Securities in Johannesburg, and that was Shapiro World. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.